I want you to picture the sweet, soft skin of your future baby. How delicate it is. How pure it is. The last thing that we want on that beautiful new skin is a rash or irritation. But it can be very common for our little ones since their skin is so sensitive. And typically when it happens, we're told to use products with a thousand ingredients that half the time we can't pronounce, or worse, a steroid cream. But what if there was a solution that only had three simple, natural ingredients that actually come from the earth that could clear up something like eczema on your baby's skin in just one day? Hours, in fact. Would it maybe give you peace of mind to know that what you're putting on your baby's skin and therefore into their body is pure and natural and something that you can pronounce easily? Well, I've found the solution, and today's guest, Shebangani Prakash, developed it at her company called Feather and Bone. After her son's severe battle with eczema and cradle cap, she decided to go back to her Indian roots. She pulled from the earth, and she healed her baby's skin for good. Listen in to learn the importance of knowing ingredients and how she can help you solve this problem for your future baby. You're listening to the Mamas in Training podcast, giving aspiring and expecting mamas guidance and community for moms who have been there. And I'm your host, Jessica Lorian, but I'm actually not yet a mom. An autoimmune disease has delayed my journey into motherhood, so I've made it my mission while I heal to learn with you all about motherhood so that together we can be as prepared as possible. And in today's episode, we're going back to basics, simple, clean ingredients. Three, in fact, are all that you need to heal your baby's skin. But first of all, what is eczema? And what is cradle cap? And why the heck are our babies so prone to both of these? Shebangani is here to teach us today and to explain how she solved this problem for herself and her son, and how you can too. This episode is sponsored by Boom Boom Blowout Bodysuits. Picture this, you're out for a day of errands with your baby. They've already soaked their fresh diaper and the extras you brought, but after a quick change, they're finally sleeping. So you grab yourself a quick coffee, but then they wake up screaming. So you pick them up, and what is on your hands? It's a blowout! There goes the last diaper, the baby's clothes, and your own clothes. Well, with Boom Boom Blowout bodysuits, diaper blowouts are covered. Literally, the entire back of each bodysuit contains waterproof polyurethane laminate fabric that is bonded between two layers of super soft, unbleached organic cotton, making blowouts no longer a stress. Trust me, I saw it in action, and it's amazing how strong these bodysuits are. So this Mother's Day, treat yourself to less stress and let Boom Boom Baby Company cover that mess by clicking the link in the show notes and using the code MAMASPOD25. That's M-A-M-A-S-P-O-D-25 for 25% off at checkout because nobody has time for a blowout. And now, on to the show. 
I did not end up going to too many classes. Everything was pretty ripe for me. Like I, I didn't, I didn't know from head to toe. It was just really learning as you go. I hadn't watched baby books. I, you know, in my mind, it was kind of like, look, people did it for generations without stuff. I'll be fine. Yeah. Like that was sort of <laughs> my mentality. Do. I don't know if that was smart or not <laughs> to be determined, but yeah. that's, that's kind of how my approach is to motherhood. I was talking to my mom. My mom lives internationally and we were video chatting and I had noticed this like little red patch on the side of my son's forehead. And at first I didn't really make much of it. I was just like, oh, I don't know. It'll go away. Like, so it's something basically. Mm. Didn't really put much stock on it. Um, and I think at that point it had been like two weeks when I asked my mum, I see this thing on his patch, like, what is it? And she kind of freaked out saying, wait, you haven't taken this seriously? Like, what are you doing? That sounds oh. like baby eczema. You need to call the pediatrician right now. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's just a little bit taken back. And my son at that point was probably like two, two and a half months old. And it was still COVID time. So this is like, we're talking November, December, 2020. And a lot of the doctors were doing like the televisits back then, uh, which can be really kind of hard as a mum because you think the doctor needs to physically see the baby. Right, exactly. So we, we did the televisit. The doctor said, yes, it's eczema. I confirm it. I'm going to prescribe steroids. Now, for me, that was like a big, whoa, steroids. Like that's really intense. He's, what, two and a half months. He really needs steroids. And she was like, yeah, he does. So she prescribed it. It was just like a small patch, like the size of maybe like two quarters, a quarter and a half, like that mm. big, not not terribly big. Mm. And um, I was pretty hesitant. So I decided I was not going to listen to the doctor <laughs> and said, OK, I'm going to research this. So I went to my best friend, Google, and looked at the forums, asked in the mummy groups. A lot of them were recommending coconut oil. So we went and bought the cold pressed coconut oil. Um, yes, it did not work. <laughs> so at that point, I think we're talking the eczema is about a month now. It's become a little bit big, but not that much bigger. We'll put in a little bit of a caveat to this conversation and just say, you know, of course, use Google as necessary and, exactly. and you know, don't completely trust it all the time and check with no. your pediatrician and all of these things. Exactly. But this was exactly. your experience. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we grudgingly went and picked up the prescribed steroid cream and we put it on and it dried it out. So for those who maybe not gone through baby eczema uh, for my son it was just like a red patch that looked flaky and blotchy basically irritated skin right like that's that's what it looked like and so what the steroid cream did was it dried it out so it looked like the same eczema patch but just dried out so like really flaky and and then it just stopped growing so we did the treatment as the doctor had recommended, did the six, seven day treatment, what it was, and then stopped using it. And then guess what? The eczema came back. Came back. Mm-hmm. So we said, okay, we're going to do the treatment again. Um, and we did the same thing. And this time 
not only did it come back, but it grew faster. And so it became bigger. Um, and so after the second round, this little blotch that was, you know, the size of a quarter and a half became the full left side of his face, essentially, like like a long stick near your ear, essentially. Yeah. I'm getting the indication that it's not irritating my son yet, but it definitely looks concerning. My cousin, who is a doctor, specializes in, you know, skin allergies and stuff, said, well, you need to figure out the cause. And, you know, she also said, yeah, it's unfortunately, steroid is all you can do. I am someone who is ingredient obsessed. Um, I'm a formulist by profession now. And I started reading about a lot of different ingredients and, you know, why you get eczema, what, you know, really what's going on with the skin to cause this reaction. And I discovered that these specific three ingredients that I was going to formulate um, really ease the eczema and the irritated skin. Um, and so I concocted it and made it. Uh, neat to point out, my mother told me I was insane to make my son a guinea pig. Um, <laughs> but uh, we put it on and four hours later, I kid you not, it was gone. So I texted my cousin and I was like, guess what? It's gone. She could not believe me. So she's like, send me a picture now. So I sent her a picture and she was like, oh my God, this is a magic bomb. You need to send it to me. Seriously? Oh my gosh. I promise you. And I actually sent her like, because you know, with photos, you can get timestamped, right? So Mm -hmm. I sent her the timestamp. Like, look, I'm not lying. This is legit. I didn't use so Photoshop, that... right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you could, yes. But my cousin yeah. believes that I would be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What we discovered was that my son's skin got irritated because of my husband's beard. Because he would give him a lot oh. of hugs and cuddles. And, um, you know, everybody knows baby skin is sensitive. But the reason it's sensitive is because their skin isn't fully developed. So all the layers that we have that we exfoliate away, babies don't have any of it. And mm. so then, you know, something as rough as a beard or, you know, even though he takes care of it, yeah. um, it it can irritate their skin. So sadly, my husband had to stop cuddling. <laughs> oh. Now, I'm sure many people might know this, but for people who don't know, what is eczema? The simplest answer is irritated skin. Mm-hmm. It's when you're skin gets agitated by something like in my son's case it was my husband's beard and it just causes the skin to just get itchy and dry and irritated it's irritated skin i want to also talk about cradle cap did cradle cap Mm -hmm. happen to your son as well or was this just yes so again this was something that nobody had told me about bit weird didn't even know what it was we had gone for the annual checkup my son was under a month at that point maybe even two Mm. weeks and um for my son it started on the eyebrows and it's a flaky skin so just to give people what cradle cap is baby skin isn't fully developed and so sometimes the skin produces really fast and so that shows up as flakes um and you often see it on the eyebrows and their scalp so this is usually in their hair where you see it where there's so much of the oil production that it kind of shows up as flakes you know it's 
pretty ugly to look at actually like cradle mm. cap like it looks more ugly than it has sort of like an impact on your child like it doesn't irritate mm. them it doesn't itch them it doesn't hurt them it's just really really freaky to look at <laughs> um and uh you know she recommended to use um castor oil you know to just rub that on there and it'll go away again it wasn't working and I used the same concoction that I had made for my son and it went away in I think about a day or two and didn't didn't come back. It's so inspiring that you truly had a problem, you needed a solution and you went back truly to your roots because I know you were born in India, well your roots are all over the world. You were born in (laughs) India, grew up in Dubai, went to school in the UK, went to grad school in Boston, came to New York City. I mean, you've You've been all over the world, yeah. but through the Indian culture that's ingrained in you, ingredients are truly the root of who you are, right? And, and so what you've created has been inspired by this ancient Indian tradition of, of using these natural products. Yeah. I mean, I think it goes back to the basics of like, like Ayurveda and yoga, where it's going to the root of the issue, like what's really right. the problem that you're resolving and you know and then I'm gonna refer to like Coco Chanel like less is more right like you know you don't need to have so many ingredients like the solution doesn't need to be complicated and then quality ingredients then your problems or whatever it is goes away I I like to use Caprese salads as a good Mm. example of this because Everybody knows a caprese salad is tomato, mozzarella, and a basil leaf. Maybe you can sprinkle salt, maybe you put some balsamic, but you know, it's predominantly yeah. just those three ingredients. And it's amazing how many horrible caprese salads I've had, right? Because <laughs> yeah. you you can't really mess this up, right? Like you don't have to have amazing chopping skills. There's no cooking involved. Like it's really right. just slicing and placing. Yeah. But what makes a good caprese salad versus not comes down to how tasty your tomato is, how fresh your basil is, um, how well the mozzarella has been, you know, how it's been made. I don't know how cheese is made, so I'm just going to yeah. see the process <laughs> exactly. for the cheese. I don't know, but, but you know, like it's the three simple ingredients, but if they're not quality, it's just going to like, it's not going to taste good. You know, that's that's why like, quality ingredients the root the simple it makes a difference that's such a perfect example and and that's what you've created truly is as you say simple pure honest skincare and it's really to help you say to help the skin shine I would almost challenge you and say that I think your product is designed to help the skin heal because you know it's it's not just it's not about beauty. I know that you've gone through your own personal experience with that, but it's more so about having this organ, right? I know you talk about this too, with this, the skin is the largest organ of the body and having it work to its full potential, especially for these tiny little infants that we have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always, like I, people forget the skin is an organ. It's an easy thing to forget. We often, you know, some people look at the skin as a canvas, you know, a lot of tattoo um, artists and stuff. And some people look at it as a way to show yourself off. But at the end of the day, your skin is an organ, much like your heart and your lungs. And 
the same way as you smoking cigarettes would damage your lungs you know using too many ingredients that aren't clean um would hurt your skin right like mm. or if you eat too much high cholesterol food it's going to affect your heart you know those things are talked about so much um and you know weirdly enough like same when the skincare space like people don't talk about the organ piece they just mm -hmm. talk about how look you're gonna feel good just as how mcdonald's isn't talking about like yeah. or any other fast food place like not purposely calling it mcdonald's but just yeah. any fast food chain um isn't talking about potential obesity or heart disease or you know whatever might exactly. that might come from the food so it's interesting too when you even mentioned that your son was given a steroid ointment because I was given one and actually mm -hmm. I still use it on on uh, on occasion which I'm excited to try yours <laughs> because yeah. um, as many who are listening might have heard I have psoriatic arthritis and my process of becoming a mom has been healing my my psoriatic arthritis but and I've pretty much done that but a little bit of what's left over is still some psoriasis spots but yeah. really what that cream is doing is thinning your skin. And so as an adult, I mean, I can kind of deal with it because like you said, I have many layers now, but those tiny little babies and those newborns, they don't have all those layers. And so it's just, then you're thinking like you're putting that, that, that steroid right on that thin layer and, you know, is it seeping through? I don't know. Maybe we just... yeah. People no, I mean, that, but. <laughs> just, I mean, this was a study that Red Cross did. It's been a few years since the study has come out, but they had done a study on, on umbilical cords for babies. And I think they found, I believe, I have to double check this, but it was like 100 plus ingredients that were all skincare ingredients in the umbilical cords. Um, now, I don't know how many of them were safe, not safe, but I think it's kind of tells you the importance of the ingredients that if this is you know reaching a child and it is in there then and if it's going to be a hundred don't you want it to be a hundred good ingredients versus hundred i don't know right wow that's fascinating so you're saying the ingredients that women were putting on their body when they were pregnant was going through the umbilical cord yeah that i mean wow. i think they found a lot of other ingredients too but a big part of it was the personal care products and so each of your products have only three ingredients. This is yes. mind blowing to me. So the skin first, like the purpose of the skin as an organ is to protect you. So the same way as you would raise your hand or you know put your body into a physical motion to protect yourself is someone coming at you. The skin does that for all the tiny stuff that is living in the world, like the bacteria, et cetera, et cetera. And essentially, the layers that your skin has, that we have as adults, um, make it difficult for these tiny organisms to sneak into our body and cause irritation. For babies, none of that stuff is developed yet. So their skin as an organ doesn't have like all those defense mechanisms to the same degree that our adult skin does it's it's developing right so it's it's a process that's happening but it's not there when they're born and so if you use products that have a lot of ingredients it strips their skin and the moisture that it's in there really fast for babies the biggest thing they need in their skin is to stay moisturized it's the number one thing you don't need a lot of product actually 
babies don't even need to have a bath that often. Like in terms of newborn care for their skin, you want to moisturize and obviously keep their tushy clean because you know they're pooping <laughs> and peeing. <laughs> but that's that's really it. Like and any any other product like is really just marketing and it's aesthetics like babies don't need bubbles babies don't need fragrances i mean this is not just about ingredients this is in terms of just as simple as what their skin needs is to be moisturized that's it let's talk about water because yeah. this kind of blew my mind a little bit when I was researching everything for you. Yeah. What, so, what's going what's to shock everybody? <laughs> what's going to shock everybody? Yeah. So water, there's some wonderful things about water, but water when it's put in a product is not a wonderful thing. So when you think about water, I'm going to use food as an example because I love food and everybody <laughs> loves <too>. food. <laughs> um, but when you pick up a fruit or a vegetable a lot of that fruit or vegetable has water, you know, like for example, a pepper or a watermelon, um, cucumbers, right? And if you think about these vegetables and fruits, if you leave them too long in the fridge, they rot mm -hmm. because the water in there rots, it attracts the bacteria and yada, 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 right? So when you buy products that have water in them, companies have to put preservatives in them to keep the water fresh and mm. these preservatives have to be enough and strong enough to keep the two three year shelf life so that's the one crazy thing is mm. that water rots and these preservatives that put in there are sometimes the irritants that you know that affect the skin so wow. that's one big thing the second big thing about water is that when you buy water-based products and this is true for your child this is true for yourself as a mother usually the formula has 70 to 90 percent of water depending on the product so if you're buying cleanser let's say or a baby wash or whatever it is for i don't know 9.99 or something you're predominantly the, the the product that you're buying is equivalent to you buying like a bottle of potent spring water or something because yeah. there's that much water in it um, and the reason companies do that is because it's an easy filler. It yeah. gets used up fast. So you buy more frequently and it re reduces potency, right? So like the ingredients that really actually help the skin are very little. And then a lot of times with these products, the oils and butters and things, and because oil and water don't mix, they add other ingredients that help with the mixing. And so, so because of the water is the main ingredient so much other stuff is added that the skin doesn't need that you don't need just because you're using water i was amazed because when i was looking at all of your products your baby wash slash shampoo is powder and yeah so it doesn't have any water and i was like how yeah. does this work and luckily yeah. you have a video to explain it so i'll link that in the show notes but but yeah i mean can you just explain maybe the ingredients that you use specifically for that product and how you've yeah. developed it yeah so this this kind of took inspiration from from my indian roots um and what a lot of indian mothers do uh in the us and definitely in india my mom did it on me. So we use powders. You put the powder in your palm, you add water to it, you make it a paste, you put it on and you wash it off. But the ingredients in it are 
again inspired by what the baby needs in the bath so much like adults if you're in the water for long you know you kind of fish out right um so for babies you want to keep their skin moisturized so the two ingredients that i have in there are colloidal oat and arrowroot starch which help keep the moisture as their baby's having a bath and um, colloidal oat actually is really helpful if your baby's having cradle cap or eczema as well mm. um, so it's very soothing for them and then the third ingredient is neem powder which is a very common ingredient uh, in india and in ayurveda and neem is a natural antiseptic so if there's anything that's you know could be irritating your baby skin then you know it'll help with that um, in terms of just washing it off and and keeping the little one clean and healthy. Yeah, and, and as you mentioned, our babies don't really get that dirty. So no. <laughs> for people that might be thinking like, uh, why don't we use soap? It's actually a degreaser, so it's getting yes. rid of that natural moisturizer, right? Yes, so for us as humans, us as humans, for us as adults, this kind of goes back to the skin's functioning as an organ. So the way that the skin protects you is that it produces this oil that travels up the root of the skin and basically sits on your face. So if, you know, if you've ever had oily skin, for example, and you feel the stickiness around your nose area or your forehead, that's just because your skin naturally produces a lot of this face oil. And for babies, none of this production is there. And so for adults, we need to remove this oil from our skin um, so that the oil that the skin is producing 24-7 doesn't get clogged and kind of affect its ability to protect. But for babies, there's no oil. So you don't need this degreaser. Now for us, we need it. We need to remove this oil so that the skin can just continually protect us 24-7. But for babies, they don't, they don't have oil. So... Why are you putting a degreaser? I mean, just mm. to kind of give an idea, what a lot of companies do is they'll put the soap, like the degreaser, but then they'll also add the moisturizing ingredient. So it's stripping it, but it's adding back. Yes. But my logic is why strip it in the first place? Right, <laughs> exactly. I love it. I want to make sure too that you have an opportunity to touch on something that happened to you postpartum. Yeah. For women who might be postpartum and going through another challenging experience, can you share what that yeah. was? Yeah, no, definitely. So I had hell postpartum. Just to give people background at how kind of hell it was and to kind of reach the point that I had at that point, I had a horrible labor. My water broke too early because we decided to go get pizza and the roads in Brooklyn <laughs> were bumpy my water broke too early. Uh, well, oh it broke gosh. at the bathroom in the pizza shop. And um, my doctor told me to enjoy my pizza as it was going to be my last meal. Um, I was not dilated enough. And I basically had to get induced and then had to get epidural. Basically, birth plan went out the window. And then I think I'd already been like some, I don't know, 18, 19 hours in labor. I don't even know. My son's heartbeat was really high. I had an incredibly high fever, had to go into C-section. Turns out he had pooped inside of me. Like it was, oh. it was, it was complete madness. And then, you know, my milk never came and there was dramatic. And, and then I had a spinal leak, which is like super oh rare gosh. apparently. 
And so I couldn't, I had to have coffee because I didn't want to get a, that's a whole other story, but I didn't want to get blood again into my spine. So I, mm. it affected my breast. Anyways, it was madness. I was in postpartum depression for a little bit. So the last thing that then happened was hair loss. So I was brushing my hair um, and this, I want to say this is like probably at like month month four five something like that my son is about four or five months at that point so we're about four or five months post baby um so really past the full trimester you know as someone would say um and i suddenly noticed my hair was falling a lot so again i kind of let it go the first two or three weeks thinking ah it's probably because i'm not eating well or i'm not sleeping enough or i don't know some weird concoction because you have a newborn nothing is making Mm -hmm. sense um and I'm not showering either, so it was really weird that my hair is falling. <laughs> so I asked my mum again, like, okay, I've noticed that my hair is falling a lot. What do I do? She And then she says to me, oh, yeah, that happens. I'm like, what do you mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, that happens? Like, why isn't anyone telling me about this? Yeah. Like, I didn't Google this. I asked some of my mummy friends <laughs> and Facebook groups, like, have you guys experienced this? And... Everybody said, yeah, it happens. Don't worry, it'll go away. And that was it. One friend said, oh, you've got to have postnatal vitamins. I'm like, really? No one told me about this. When was I supposed to be taking these vitamins? So we bought postnatal vitamins. Still, nothing's happening. Diet has changed. Taking the vitamins, nothing's happening. So I was like, okay, enough is enough. I don't want to go bald. Because at this point, my hair was coming out like, the size of a ball of wool like it was enormous um and obviously you guys can't see me but i have really long dark brown black hair um and it's always been very thick so it was incredibly horrifying to see it thinning to that degree again so i look at ingredients and you know what are the ingredients that really help curb hair loss and promote growth and and so i concocted something having zero hope literally thinking it cannot get worse um and i oiled my hair this again is a very traditional thing that we do in india we oil our hair and then i washed it um and when i brushed my hair my hair stopped falling and it's basically stopped falling since then i mean now we're back to the normal the normal shedding course of hair um but the ball size that was traumatizing me stopped and I, I was shocked. Um, you know, oftentimes you create stuff and you kind of are just like, eh, I don't know if this is going to work. And that happens a lot. Like, I'd say nine out of ten times I'm redoing everything. Um, but for some reason, this was the right mix of ingredients. And I was like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> so that's something maybe we can look forward to in the future? Yeah, no, it is launching. It's launching okay. in about a week or so. Um, oh, good. So it'll about, be out you know, by the time this, this episode yes, is out. Yes, yes. I love it. And just to kind of get an idea, because we mentioned earlier shelf life, and, you know, a lot of these big name, large brand companies, yeah. they can stay on the shelf for a long time. So typically, how long do your products last? I want to say forever, but you can't right because Mm -hmm. oils and butters they do fade after a certain point um but they don't rot the same way that water products do Mm -hmm. um so conceivably you could use the product like for as long as you want like there's no because there's no preservatives (laughs) there's nothing in there that would cause the product to go bad 
right? But there have been quite a few recalls that have come out recently. I think there was Jergens that went through a bacteria issue and then there was another deodorant brand. And it comes down to water, right? Because water rots. And so it, it basically creates a breeding ground. So with my products, we're not creating an environment for that. Now, if you keep the product in like a closed, like in a normal place without like sun hitting and stuff like that, yeah, right. I mean, technically it could last for as long as you need it to last. There you go. Three ingredients are all we need. We finally have a solution for baby eczema that we can be proud of and that can last practically forever. There are many, many options in the realm of skincare, and we're so used to using the popular lotions we see advertised. And there's nothing wrong with that. But have we really thought about what goes into the creation of these products? If you'd like to check out more of Feather and Bone, just click on the link in the show notes and give simple ingredients a try. You know, especially when our baby has that brand new skin, there's a comfort in knowing that we're doing everything that we can to protect it naturally. If you'd like to learn more natural and holistic remedies for your future baby, then join us in the conversation today in our free Facebook group, Mamas in Training. Just click on the link in the show notes and you will automatically be welcomed into our community. We're already having this conversation over here and we would love to have you join us. Now remember, we're in this together. If you enjoyed the show today, new episodes release every Wednesday. So be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And help us grow our mama community by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. That way I know how to better serve you. And finally, I would love to connect on Instagram. You can find me at Mamas in Training Pod. That's M-A-M-A-S in Training P-O-D. For Mamas in Training, I'm Jessica Lorian. We're in this together.